As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Louis Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robinson, and I'm down to dunk. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today, in the middle of the day, I've got my good friend Alex Spears with the crooked glasses. Alex, what's up? What's going on? Welcome to Periscope. (laughs) Welcome to Periscope. If you're following along on Periscope or on YouTube, we appreciate that. Be sure to leave a comment. We will see all of them. We won't read all of them, but we will certainly see all of them. What's up to Jsmooth37? We have some news, Alex. There's like surprisingly some news outside of the NBA Finals. NBA Finals Game 4 is tonight. And uh, do you... Let's uh, scale of 1 to 10. How much do you believe in the Heat actually being in this series? Uh, I'll give them a uh, 4. Hmm. It's not terrible. It's actually quite high. <laughs> I was going to say three. Yeah. Is it really quite high? I mean, they're only, it's only two to one. Yeah, but it just. Maybe, maybe they get Bam back. Yeah. It just felt like it was so over going into game three. Like it almost yeah. felt like, why are we doing this? It did. It did. But then you have to acknowledge what happened in game three. Jimmy was, Jimmy was great. Jimmy was great. I just, I'm, I don't, I just don't know if you're going to get another performance like that from Anthony Davis. I mean, he was truly terrible. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just want to give them a chance because I want to watch these games and I, I almost didn't turn on game three. And then I just happened to flip it on and it turned out being a, a good game. But I was, I was like you, I was almost done. Like why, why even bother? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's why the, <laughs> one of the reasons why the ratings were like the lowest ever for that game three. <laughs> So I'm just I'm just hoping we can stimulate a little bit of excitement. Yeah, I mean, it would be really awesome if they could go if they could win tonight because then we're guaranteed six games and that's like normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be great. I don't really believe that it will happen, but I think it would be great. 
that'd be great. You gotta believe. There's no reason not to believe. Yeah. Jim, Jimmy Butt. Oh, actually, I was thinking about this. So last year, the big takeaway from the finals was that everyone, or like the smart guy opinion was like, Kawhi is the best player in the league now. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the season starts. And by the end of the year, everyone's like, well, I guess it's LeBron yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> and what I so obviously I don't think that's going to happen with Jimmy Butler. No mm-hmm. one's going to say he's like the best player in the league. But what do you think just even if they don't win, just this finals run has done for Jimmy Butler's perception among just like average casual NBA fans? Cuz before this most people would have not put him in the top 10. No. I think it vaults him into that into that That's area. pretty crazy. It is pretty crazy. I mean, who are like? That means who are the top he's ten players? A... Like, who are the top ten players that we can just run through off the top of your head? Like, off the top of my head, LeBron, KD, KD Giannis, so Giannis, okay, Steph, 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 uh, uh, Kawhi, Kawhi, that's five, that's five, Harden, James Harden for sure, Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis for sure, seven, six, seven, seven, um. <laughs> I mean, Jokic at this point, I feel like people yeah. would probably be putting him in the top 10. Yeah. So that gets you to eight. And then, I mean, you got, you got uh, like Dame Dame's is right there. there. Like, do you take Paul- Dame or Jimmy? See, that's, that's what I, that's, it's like him and Paul George. Cause Paul George was like, riding pretty high a couple months ago a lot of people would have put him right at the end of that top 10 and now i feel like jimmy has vaulted above him oh even though if you asked people who would they want on their team i wouldn't be shocked if they would still pick paul george i would i personally would be shocked i would it would be a shocking moment for me in my life if you asked a bunch of team executives who would you rather have Going into next season, you could bring them onto your team, Paul George or Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. What do you think most of them would say? Jimmy. See, I'm not sure. I I, I still what feel like... What has Paul done to make you think that people would say that? Uh, it's it's not really that. It's just that like Jimmy Butler does have this history attached to him. And Is like, it his fault or the organizations that he was with's fault? Because if you look back, like the Timberwolves aren't the greatest organization. You look at like the Sixers <laughs> right now, like it doesn't look so good, right? And the Bulls, it's like okay, those—that's who he played for, and he was just like—I mean, it just wasn't a, a fit there. I understand what you're saying, but also, like, losing has followed Paul over the it's last. True. Oh, years. by the way, Luka Doncic, top ten. Yeah, Luka. So maybe Jimmy is eleven. So we're already at nine, and that's we haven't even we haven't placed Dame. Jimmy, I would, I would take George. Dame over over Jimmy. Yeah, and then Embiid. I mean, Embiid is yeah, Embiid, around there. Embiid can get out of here. But I think that will be the big like takeaway that Jimmy Butler is now a top ten player. Yeah, yeah, I think he's uh, top eleven for sure. Top eleven, say top ten. If not, top, say it. If not top ten, top eleven. <laughs> Scott B said random IG post here. Asking who would you rather have, SGA or Tyler Hero? That's that's another take that's going to be coming out of the, the playoffs. I know. 
Uh, I think I, mean, I would rather have SGA, but yeah, it's it's wacky, crazy. Like Hero's good, but also I think the bubble is a huge part of it. Oh, I forgot to give uh, Paul George a little shout out from from his man Steve Ballmer. Third in the MPP voting. He was third in the MPP voting. <laughs> hey, I have um, a question about Steve Ballmer. You what? Was a bad owner hiding in plain sight with Steve Ballmer? I mean, listen, just just listen to him just one more time, if you would. But I gotta say, I'm just fired up to be here today. It's pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. Woo! Like, what has he done that's been bad, though? Because every single member of their staff, from Doc Rivers to Michael Winger to Lawrence Frank to Jerry West, like anyone in the league would say that they, the not just like top ten, like yeah. that's a top five. I get it. Management organization. I get it. But he did throw a big fat fit after they lost. Threw a big fat yeah, fit but and and fired their coach. I'm just wondering. Why I'm wouldn't just you? Ask, I'm just asking the question. Just asking the question. Listen. I, I think the potential is there, but at least thus far, like the fact that he was talked out of it by someone shows me something positive. If you're a Clippers fan. Okay. I'm just, I'm just asking the question. The fact that someone can get to him. Yeah. They got to him and then he got back and got what he wanted after. What? But, but we, we all, I mean, at the end of the day, we all agreed that like moving on from Doc was like a reasonable move. We were just surprised it's they did it. Yeah, it's reasonable. I just want to see who they hire. Too. Yeah, like, I mean that makes the, a huge difference. What's the, what's the end result here? So I'm just asking the question. It's pretty cool. It's pretty damn cool. I mean, yeah, it would be cool. I I just still think his the amount of money he has is going to cover up so many flaws going forward. Yeah. That hasn't always made a huge difference in the NBA. I'll just say that. It hasn't. The Knicks James always, Dolan the, the is Knicks, very rich. Yeah, the, the Knicks have always had all the money, and it has never mattered. So I just wonder. I'm just wondering. I think they're fine. I think there's a lot of things they need to change. I think they need to change a lot of personnel stuff. But we'll see. It's just, to me, it's it's something to watch for. It's just great. It's just like the potential of having the futures of two franchises with two bad owners is just about the most exciting thing to me. So, I just I just think people need to understand that like Steve Ballmer's in such another stratosphere. The fact that James Dolan was holding up the building of the new Clippers Arena mm-hmm. because of the presence of the Forum, the old Lakers Stadium, and they were going through all this all these legal issues trying to work around it, and eventually Steve Ballmer just asked him to name a price, and he I just know. bought it. I know. He just bought the form so he wouldn't have to deal with the problem. Those are the move. type of things where I'm like, this dude's on another level. Yeah, he is. He's def- he, de- he definitely is. And he may be the perfect owner for the Clippers and get them to get, yeah. If the Clippers won the title next year, I don't, I wouldn't be just floored by that, you know. He, he's honestly what we thought Prokhorov was going to be. Yeah, because Prokhorov spent a bunch of money in like the first year, and then within a year, he was like, "I really don't want to." <laughs> yeah, never mind. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I'm just saying, we'll see. I don't know if you if he go if they go out in round one or two again, they do that like year after year. Eventually, he may do the same. Be like, ah, this is not this is not worth the stress in my life. Right, and they're going to be hampered by the fact that if it does get to that point, they're just going to be buying free agents. Like that's. 
yeah really their their main way to get better he's he's yeah he's just so involved and you just wonder does he I feel like you're just wanting to put this out into the ether. You just want to get people thinking about it. You're trying to manifest it in the world. I am. I really am. (laughs) Is it working? Anybody? Is anybody out there with me? (laughs) Uh, Okay. So the executive director of the uh, NBPA was on the Athletic NBA show that was uh, published this morning, uh, Michelle Roberts. And she talked yesterday on the podcast about the NBA like CBA negotiations and the potential for a lockout. And she basically just like slammed the door on the possibility of a lockout. She said like the relationships are too good there. They have too much that they're fighting for. She said, it's going to take a ton of work to negotiate it, but she would be very surprised if there was a lockout. She says she has a really good relationship with Adam Silver and that there's trust that has been built between the two of them. It's like, these are all very good things because we've been through lockouts before in the NBA and they are terrible. Like it's, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible for the product. It's horrible for everything. It nearly killed baseball. Um, and so I think, uh, that's great. Uh, also the possibility of doing another bubble, her literal quote from that was hell no on doing another bubble that the players are, are not going to do it. And so I think that that, that was interesting uh, with regards to starting next season. Um, so it's worth a listen. So go to the Athletic NBA show uh, on any podcast feed and, and take a listen. It's, it's not like the, it's, it's definitely worth listening to. It's about like the inner workings of the NBA and somebody that is like directly involved with all of that. So you should go check it out. Yeah, I wonder, because if, if you don't have a, bu- a bubble and you want to get started at some reasonable time, and let's say that there's not like a widespread vaccine mm-hmm. that you can get, I wonder what they'll do. Like, I wonder if they'll have host cities and kind of do like March Madness style where you'll play part of your schedule just at one site with a bunch of different teams, but you'll still be able to like, you know, go to your hotel and you won't be locked down. They'll mm-hmm. just be doing a ton of testing all the time mm-hmm. because I don't, I don't think you can just go straight back to the way it was. There's zero chances of that happening at the, yeah. at least at the start of the season. There's just, there's just absolutely no way <laughs> that would happen. But I mean, I don't know when the season, like you start the season in February, like when, I mean, maybe by the end of this, maybe by the playoffs, you could have fans in seats. I mean, I just don't know. I mean, nobody really knows. Like, if we act like we know, who knows? Right. But uh, Bam is going to play in game four of the NBA Finals. Nice. Oh, you're feeling better? No, but it should be cool. I feel, I mean, I get that Dragic is super important. Super Whatever. Important. <laughs> Third best player on their team. Equivalent to what? Steven Adams. No, 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 no. Whatever. Whatever. I don't care. This is not like losing (laughs) Steven. I love Steven. This is not like, he's their leading score. He's been their leading score. Uh, That doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Who's the the leading score for the Thunder? Schroeder. Okay. So it's like Schroeder being out. Yeah. Pretty important. I think we've learned that. Mm. Uh, Hey, who's that? Who's the coach on the Miami Heat that used to be a point guard for them? Um, that is, um, Quinn. What's his name? Chris, Chris Quinn. Chris Quinn. Quinn. Yeah. Is that it? Chris Quinn. Okay. Yeah. I keep seeing him and I, 
I haven't been interested enough to look it up, so I thought I'd just wait until we're recording to ask you that question. <laughs> yeah. He's one of those people that like looks like they're 14 forever. Yeah. Which is a interesting kind of person to be, I suppose. Uh, okay, next one. John Lucas II, which do you say junior or do you say the second? Because I've seen it written the second. I, th- I think you'd get to choose and you can even go without it because uh didn't like Marcus Morris. He just added the senior recently. Yeah. When he had a, a child and named them the second. Yeah. Or junior, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I think he, I think you get free reign. You so can go without. There, so is he John Lucas the first? Is that what you say? Do you, is his dad is the first? Or do you just say John Lucas? You say, no, I'm John Lucas the first. That is true because... John Lucas II is John Lucas Sr. to John Lucas III. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. Just give your kid a different name if, if you would. just to Actually, maybe that's it. When you get into this. more than two numbers, then you lose the senior-junior because it doesn't mean anything else anymore. Mm. I think we solved that. Mm. I think that's right. Okay. All right. I feel better about that. So there's some, there's some smoke here on him being the next coach of the Rockets. How do we feel about this? I think we feel differently about this. What well, go ahead and say what you're going to say. <laughs> so I already, I already know what it is. I know. I just, he hasn't, he I hasn't just, coached in 17 years. Hasn't been a coach 17 years. He's old. He's younger than D'Antoni. Yeah, but D- Mike D'Antoni has been like a head coach in the NBA for years and has his thing. Like, what is what is John Lucas the second's thing in the NBA? I, I can tell you what it is. One, he will be cheap. Yes. Two, he already knows Harden and Westbrook. Those are the two reasons. All right, man. But Andrew, Andrew, like, if you're Maury, and we assume, and I think it's a correct assumption to make, even though they are apparently going to be interviewing Ty Lue, if we assume that Tillman Fertitta is going to have a pretty tight pocket when it comes to this coach. Yeah. So... That means that that already right there is probably going to rule you out of guys like Jeff Van Gundy or Ty Lue, right? I guess. Is, is anyone really that interested in hiring Jeff Van Gundy would be my question. I don't know. His name, his name keeps coming up. Why? I just don't know why. Like, it's just you listen to him on the broadcast, and I don't think you end it with just like, yeah, I think, I think I'd want that guy to be the coach of my team. <laughs> like, I, just don't, I, don't, uh, I don't know why Stan Van is not the guy because he coached modern – offensive basketball and did True. like request accountability from players. And like, did, I don't get why it's, why it's not him. I don't, I've never ever understood that because he, he started like the, the whole big guy and everybody else out on the perimeter type of deal. I just don't get it. Yeah. So, but let's say we agree that, that Tillman is probably not wanting to spend like Upwards of ten million per year on a there's, coach. Yeah, there's zero chance of that happening. Okay, so if that's the, if that's the case, then their options are go after a young assistant, which there has been some rumors that they've been looking at assistants around the league. Yeah, or go with someone like John Lucas. And why would you choose John Lucas over one of those assistants? How hard would it be to not just come in and have to coach James Harden and Russell Westbrook as a first time coach, yeah. but also to run Daryl Morey's system, like? Are you really going to have any say if you're a first time 
or a potential first time coach and you're an assistant coach right now and you go into that interview and say, I'd really like to have a regular center. What do you guys think about that? Like, why would Maury do that? Well, that's why you don't hire Jeff Van Gundy anyways. Because, I mean, that's what would happen, right? That's why I don't think you hire any of these guys. Because what coach is going to want to stake their reputation? I will tell you, the coach who hasn't coached in 17 years and is probably like, oh, this sounds cool. And he already knows the guys. And he's willing to run whatever Maury wants to run because he's been there for a couple years now. That's like, it makes sense given their limitations. Yeah. I'm not saying they sh- fans should be super excited for it. But I understand how they got from A to B. Yeah, I would be super miffed if I were a Rockets fan. And this is what was happening to my franchise. I mean, is this equivalent to hiring Mo Cheeks or is this different from that? Yeah, it'd be just like hiring Mo Cheeks. You'd be like, really? Like, I like Mo Cheeks. Nice guy. That's that's what you want to do? (laughs) You lose your voice instantly. (laughs) I would be so... I would be... Livid. Cheeks. <laughs> you would be livid? Yes, I would. Wow. I would. Like, Mo Cheeks, great guy. Cool dude, even. But I don't want him to be the head coach of my team. Are you kidding me? No way. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I don't have a strong opinion on any of these people. <laughs> I mean, he's a developmental coach, too. It's not like he's, like, the X and O's guy. Like, he was player development. Like, that was his right. title. Right. And so, I, I, how many guys go from player development to head coach? Probably not many. It's probably not many. And so, I don't know, man. I think it's so. We so we agree that John Lucas. This you you probably would rather have John Lucas the <laughs> third. No, I mean, I, I mean, it really is. It's just like the Rockets admitting, like, yeah, we're not really in this. Yeah. So, <laughs> See, I see. Okay, that's where I disagree with. Well, I mean, I kind of agree with you because if they were like really all out, they would spend a lot of money. And but they they haven't done that over these last couple of years. I mean, they've been kind of. Uh, um, I mean, that's been obvious going back since Tillman got there. Like they haven't been able to or oh, willing to use their full mid level exception. Yeah, I'm getting too excited talking about the Rockets. <laughs> I can't even get my words out. <laughs> <sighs> um. But I, I just think that Maury has his system. He only got to try it for really half a year. They can tell themselves, man, with the Daniel House thing and with Russ getting COVID and then getting injured and we're having to bring him back, like we really didn't get to see this small ball thing over the course of an entire season. And do we really just want to give that up just so we can bring in a bigger name coach who's going to install his entire system guy i hope that they're telling themselves this it has to be why else would you look at someone like john lucas oh that's it i mean that is exciting because i mean it's just like if you hire john lucas like yeah okay like this all gonna be over pretty soon anyways right like that's not let's not break the bank for a coach okay (laughs) i just think that the the westbrook trade and the decisions that they made to get to this point they have boxed themselves in and yeah, I don't know with how, coaches too. That's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, like they box themselves with in with their, I mean, coaching choices. I I I really do believe that they were upset that D'Antoni left. Okay, because this is what this is D'Antoni's team. This is his you team. Think they, you think they were the Rockets were upset? I do. I don't think Rockets fans are upset. I think the Rockets were because this is a D'Antoni team. 
Like it's designed to be a Mike D'Antoni team. Like who else, who else is this designed for? It's not designed for John Lucas, the second. Yeah, but they communicated like all of last summer that we're really not committed to you in any way. Like if they really wanted him to stay, they could have signed him to extension at any point. But it was also Mike D'Antoni's decision too. To leave. Yeah. Do you believe that though? I kind of do. Yes. I, I think he got out of what was coming. The end? Yeah, I think I think he would have been let go if oh. he didn't step down or leave whatever he did. I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know. I think there's conflict. But yeah, we agree on the on the idea that yes, this is Mike D'Antoni's team. This is why he was such a great coach for that team. Yeah. It didn't work out, but they were consistently winning 50 plus games every single year. So clearly it was doing something right, mm-hmm. but yes, they never got over the hump. They'll go get a big guy this summer though. I mean, they should, if somebody, uh, AM, Oh no, a McGinnis 55 said a bucket to the Rockets, a bucket out of Rockets. I think that's a great option for the Rockets. Mm-hmm. If they could get them, I don't know how much a is going to be looking for. They do not have a ton of money. Tom Alley Jr. says Nerlens. I think that's much more realistic <laughs> in terms of what they could get. They yeah. could swing something for Ibaka, but the path to Nerlens is uh, much clearer. Yeah, minimum contract. Come on, Nerlens. No, he he's finally got to get a little bit more than the minimum, saying, right? I've been saying it for years. A little, just give him a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe it. When he came back to the Thunder <laughs> for a minimum deal. And yeah, but he, he remember he faked us out. He did. Yeah, he did. That was weird. Yeah. Yeah, Jeremy priced himself out. Yeah, Jeremy Grant would be awesome on the Rockets. Yeah, he they're would not, be. They're not going to be able to pay him. Oh. <laughs> They'd be, they will not get a player of that caliber in free agency. There's just no way. Uh, next bit of news. Uh, Chris Paul won the Community Assist Award. Good job. It's great. Good job. He, sh- he shared yes. it with a bunch of people, though. It was not unanimous. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I was hoping for the first unanimous winner of the Community Sister <laughs> Award. Yeah, it's, it's what we've all been waiting for, just to see who would win. We finally know. Chris Paul wins. He did not. Hey, win. so did uh, Harrison Barnes. We've talked about him. Yeah. Real good posture. He's got great posture. That's why he's Harrison Barnes does. Yeah, I I I, uh, I don't love guys that have good like that same posture. So, I feel like uh, he kind of has like Tyler Hansbrough posture. I feel like Tyler Hansbrough is like very he's too upright. Guys yeah. that are too upright is not it's not a good it's not a good thing. There's some there's a few guys that are too upright in this draft, and I would just I just advise you to just stay away. From who's the, who's the guy on the Sixers? Uh, oh man, it wasn't Tony Roten. The guy who like dribbled, like hunched over. He like played hunched over. His last name was uh, Williams. Oh Williams. man, I'll, I'll look it up. I'll remember. Okay. <laughs> he was he was the process Sixer. Oh, okay, I think Denny from, from uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv is uh, he's too upright. It scares me. Don't like it. Uh, okay, so uh, anything else on Chris Paul? <laughs> Chris Paul did uh, appear on the broadcast, and they asked him about being on a rebuilding Thunder team, and his response was, "I love to hoop." <laughs> That's a great answer. 
It's true. Man, I just love to hoop. I just love to hoop. <laughs> Such a good. I mean, what's what's he gonna say? Uh, he's, he can't say anything. He can't say anything because he wants to go somewhere else. And if he says, "Yeah, I'd like to go somewhere else," you know what? I, like his trade value drops, and then Thunder like, "Yeah, sorry, you're gonna stick around because then you'll be an expiring contract. We can trade you for an asset then." But if he loves to hoop, <laughs> but if the man loves to hoop, then we're just we're in good shape. We're in good shape. Um. You ready to go on to some trade rumors? Yes. So, um, Berman's been putting out some nice clickbait lately. Like, just like the mm. best kind of clickbait. You can tell that, uh, like, he could have included all of this in one story. But oh, he's, yeah. he's drip feeding it to us. He's spreading out the stuff that he's mostly making up at his death. No, why would you say that? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. It's not like it doesn't. I mean, he says like according to a source. I don't know. He actually one of the quotes says according to NBA officials, which makes it sound like our ref told him. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what happened. Uh, but Victor Oladipo to the Knicks is a uh, a trade that is uh, being rumored. I guess my question, uh, it, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, real quick. It was Jordan Crawford. Was the NBA official? Oh, no, Jordan, Jordan Crawford. Oh. Remember it? the yeah, guy yeah, who, yeah. who like dribbled oh. with his entire body bent over. He's a legend. Yeah, just a hooper. That dude could get buckets. Um, yeah. So the actual report was that yes, the Knicks are interested in Chris Paul, but they would actually prioritize Oladipo over Chris Paul. And I thought this was a really funny quote from the article from the New York Post. What's paramount in the Knicks' potential interest is GM Scott Perry drafted Oladipo while with Orlando and still is enamored. Once Perry falls in love, it's permanent. Just ask former Orlando lottery picks Mario Hazonia and Alfred Payton, two recent Knicks free agent signees. Yep. <laughs> that was great. I loved that. And then yeah, I think he gave an idea of what, like, could entice uh, Indiana to move Oladipo. And it was like both of the picks from Dallas, Mm -hmm. Julius Randle, and then Dennis Smith or Frank Nilakina, which I think that type of a deal is like a combination of some of the worst Knicks deals because it combines (laughs) the, the like idiocy of the mellow, trade when they could have just waited a year and gotten him yeah. because Victor Oladipo is an expiring contract. They could just get him next summer if they really want him. Mm-hmm. They don't need to give up their two yeah, don't probably this. best assets other than their own picks are these future Dallas picks, even though we like think that they're not going to be great, but one of the, at least one of them is unprotected. So they're going to give those up to get a guy in who could leave in a year or you could just get in a year. And then it also, um, the other part of it is like the Amari Stoudemire where you're trading for a guy who has an injury history and you're just wondering like, is this going to be the contract where it all just like falls off a cliff? Mm-hmm. So it's, so trading for El Depot would be this really nice combo of like the Amari trade and the Carmelo trade all in one deal. Whereas <laughs> like with Chris Paul, you're going to be able to give up less. You have a little bit more sustainability in that he has two years left. Mm -hmm. So you can actually build a culture. I mean, what if Oladipo hates New York? They're terrible, which seems likely. And then he just leaves next summer. What if Vic isn't any good, too? Yeah, or what if Vic isn't any good? 
it just seems like such a short-sighted move. And I thought, I thought everything had changed, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but it hasn't changed. Yeah, if you're the if you're the Pacers, would you do this? Uh, Randall, I mean, Neil Aquina, uh, and the two Dallas picks. The two Dallas picks are twenty-one and twenty-three. Yeah, if if you know that Oladipo's leaving, like if he's communicated that to you, then. Honestly, I don't think you're going to get a better deal than getting two first-round picks, even if they do end up being late first. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's another team out there who would really want to take a run at Old Depot. But again, he's an expiring. So, like, anything you're going to get for him... I mean, what was the trade we came up with the Mavs? It was like Tim Hardaway Jr., right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we could kind of talk ourselves into it. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, if they could get two first-round picks, even if they end up being bad first-round picks for Old Depot as an expiring coming off this major injury. Yeah, I, I would absolutely do that. Seems like a lot. It, it does. Like it seems like a lot. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, let's see. So here's his article he released today. I can, I can read some of it to you. He talks about the Knicks trading for Chris Paul. So the Thunder are motivated to deal Paul and his massive contract after deciding... Upon a rebuilding campaign following Billy's firing. Yeah, that's when they decided. Uh, Oklahoma City Sam Presti will likely want a first-round pick and a young prospect amid his rookie contract. Multiple league officials believe. That's where the uh, referees come into this. (laughs) (laughs) According to a source, that young player preferably is Knox, the ninth pick in the 2018 draft, coming off a disappointing sophomore campaign. So our thoughts on... And then they go in to talk about how the Knicks would rather deal Neil Aquina or Dennis Smith Jr. instead of Kevin Knox. Um, but and then and then the last part is just great. If the Knicks eventually give up Knox and Randall in a Paul deal, Carmelo Anthony will likely look to ride back to the rescue and join Paul to be their starting small or power forward. <laughs> to the rescue of what? To the rescue, Melo. Uh, so two thoughts it. on this one with Knox, like I, I would, from the Knicks perspective, I would not make him like the impediment from, or the obstacle for me getting Chris Paul. I, <laughs> you wouldn't Kevin. No, I would. I like, I just, 
The guy who had an 8 PER this year. (laughs) And I feel like he wasn't even getting time for most of the season. Yeah. And also, but then from the the, the Thunder side, like, also, do not let Kevin Knox be the reason that you don't trade Chris Paul and don't tank and get a good pick. Don't force yourself into mediocrity mm-hmm. or like first round playoff exit, you know, whatever. Um, just to like, uh, because you didn't get enough. Like I, I think that I do think that they have to trade Chris Paul. I do not want to think about the other scenario, mm-hmm. even though I like this team and all, but it's going to be different. Cause if they bring back Chris Paul, do we really believe that they're re-signing Gallo? Depends on the cap and the tax. They're not. It's not impossible. I wouldn't say there's no way. I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say there's there's zero way. I'm gonna say there's zero way. Okay. I wouldn't. But okay. Well, if they if they do resign him, then you'll win. But it seems like you hedged your bets here, so I feel like you really need to say that they are going to resign him or are not. I. It ever. I mean, you have to hedge everything based on what's going to happen with the the salary cap. Not if you want ratings. <laughs> we got to boost these podcast ratings. Oh man! So per thirty six minutes this season, Kevin Knox, mm-hmm. twelve point nine points, five point seven rebounds. Is that exciting to you? I mean, honestly, the most disconcerting stat from his second season is that he basically played the same number of games. He played 10 less games, but he played a thousand less minutes, 1000, 1000 less minutes in his sophomore season. Yeah. Also, he shot 35% from the floor. Uh, Please round that up. (laughs) 35.9, 36% from the floor. There we go. 39% from two. Yikes guys. That's not good. That's not good. I don't. I don't like. I, I don't like that. Now you said that you would be furious if they hired Mo Cheeks. Yeah. Fine. Would you be furious if they don't trade Chris Paul? I uh, like furious. There would just have to be really good reason for it. I suppose. What possibly could be the reason? I think it would just like honestly be a numbers deal, like the money. It just doesn't make sense for them to be able to do that. I just, I feel like they're so far in the bonus right now that like the idea of them holding out for some one additional asset in a potential Chris Paul deal just seems insane to me because the benefits of being bad this year. Yeah, it's not, it's not holding out for Kevin Knox. It would be more like other teams just can't do the deal because of the money situation. What are you making me watch right now? So Kevin Knox <laughs> highlights, just to see if I can get you in the mood. They're just all dunks. Yeah. There's oh, there's a block. Okay. You okay. You pretty excited? Man, who was that? The uh, was that the SGA Michael Porter year? Uh, yeah. Man, it's pretty bad. <laughs> <sighs> it's pretty pretty bad. His highlights make him look good. But he's not. It's all lies. Yeah, I mean, if it had to be Frank Nielke, I actually would like, I mean, not that I would prefer Nick, Frank Nielkina on this team because you already have Dort, who is like super Frank Nielkina. Um Right. I actually don't like that at all. 
So I just, the, the fact is that you can't just start piling up non-shooters on the perimeter for this team. That's that's why I'm just every draft now. I'm just terrified of who they're going to take because <laughs> I, I know there's some non-shooter out there in the mid twenties. Oh, that is like super athletic. Yeah, I know, I know. It's 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 terrifying. Like it it truly is. It truly is terrifying. But I mean, if the Thunder could get, I mean, and then if the pick, the pick is not going to be the eighth pick if they have to include Kevin Knox, right? I mean, theoretically. Not going to be the number. We're, we're not getting the eighth pick for Chris Paul. I've given up on that in my head. Yeah, I mean you can. I haven't, but like, would you? Would I mean? Would you want the twenty-three Dallas pick? Yeah. Yeah. I would prefer Andrew, if a, they I'd could get pick. Like, I'd, if we could get the twenty twenty-three Knicks pick, like top three protected. They're not doing that. They're, just, they're the Knicks, man. I don't know why you why you are persistent. I'm, I'm the saying being I'm logical. saying anything we get for Chris Paul is gravy. If it is just a net neutral money deal, if it was a salary dump, I would do it. Yeah, I just, I I will say that I don't think the Thunder think the same way that we do about this one. Why not? I just I I, I think there there is a certain willingness to keep Chris. And I'm not saying I think that it's the right thing to do. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. But, I mean, personally, I would do the, I agree with you. I agree with you that it should be just get at whatever the cost. Get him off the team and bring in guys that aren't any good. <laughs> don't, don't give me a Tobias Harris. Don't, give, don't even give me an Al Horford. Yeah, actually, give me Kevin Knox. <laughs> yeah, bring on Kevin Knox. We're gonna get him back up to that two thousand minute mark. Come on, <laughs> let's go. See, that's that's what I would do. But man, I uh, I I agree with that. But I'm just saying that I just I don't get the same feeling. See, but maybe that's just posturing from the Thunder. I hope. It is. I hope it is very much because so. there's really no incentive for them to say like, "Oh, it's time for the Chris Paul fire sale." Get in your best offers. They have to at least present themselves as if they're perfectly fine with keeping him. Yeah, because a lot of the teams that oh, yeah, want I mean, Chris Paul, yeah. a, a lot of the teams that want Chris Paul and with whom he would fit best with, are teams that don't have a lot to give up in the first place. Yeah. So those teams, especially like the contending teams where it would make sense, like they can't give us a ton back anyway. Mm-hmm. It's true. I I agree with that. I think that is true. Um, I'm going to pretend it's just posturing. It's just posturing. <laughs> That's what we just tell ourselves. This is yeah. just posturing. Don't worry about it. I'm a little worried about it. I'm a little worried but about he's, it. But Sam is such a, a trade man. Can you imagine him just running it back? I I can't, but I also can't rule it out. I guess that would be my my official statement on that. Well, once again, I am more definitive, and I am ruling it out. Uh, Ding! Another uh, Thunder-related article that was written on Bleacher Report, I believe it was published today, there was a uh, a draft, little little mock draft that included a trade in the draft to the Thunder. So the Thunder, I guess we can talk about this. Uh, the Thunder would trade Terrence Ferguson and the twenty fifth pick 
to the Dallas Mavericks and get the 18th pick back? So, obviously, the, <laughs> the answer to this is why would the Mavs do this? Even though... I do think if Ferg is going to ever get better, it's probably going to be with another team and it's probably going to be with another player, like another high usage player like Russ was, which Luca fits the bill there. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't hate the idea. They also are, I think Tim Hardaway Jr. is an expiring. Who knows if he'll be back, right? Maybe he's your Tim Hardaway Jr. of the future. All that said, like there's really no reason for the Mavericks to go aggressively after Terrence Ferguson. And I feel like dropping yourself by seven spots in the draft would be considered going aggressively. <laughs> we are aggressively pursuing Terrence Ferguson. Yeah, like why? <laughs> it's like aggressively pursuing something that's so easy to get, like uh, McDonald's French fries. Like I just also got to have McDonald's French fries. Like McDonald's is like, no, 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 you can have them. You can have it. Like, no, I'm paying $10 for these fries. Like, no, 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 you don't have to. You don't have to do this. No, no, no. I'm going to. I want this. Here's $10 for a small fry. Like, what? No, no, no. Okay, we'll take it. Seems. I guess I, I thought he was already expiring. I didn't realize we're going to be watching Ferg on this team next year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got a year. He's got a year left. Okay. I would be pumped and jacked if they could get the 18th pick. And, and if they selected Alexei Pokushevsky, I would be pumped and jacked because he's like the perfect rebuilding player it'd be great it'd be wonderful where where uh how do you compare him to the version of him from the past which i feel like is bj mullins oh i don't think so i think he really yeah i think he's actually closer to like what Baisley is just taller and he's, skinnier he's very very skinny but I, I like the idea of him because he is super duper skilled. And if you're, if, if he worked out, which I think is still kind of a long shot, because if you watch him play, he's playing against like children. <laughs> and he just looks just so big out there. But the way he moves, like he doesn't move like a seven footer. He moves like a guy that's more like six, eight. And he dribbles and he passes and he can shoot it a little bit. He's To me, he's really exciting. And if you could have a center, a power forward that could both rebound and, and bring the ball up the court, like it speeds up your game so fast. Because if you don't have a big that rebounds and is looking for the outlet and he just grabs it and goes. And we saw Baisley do this a lot. And I think it really helped the Thunder offense put pressure on the Houston Rockets. And if you could have a big... If you're two bigs, and, the, and it's not even obviously a foregone conclusion that Darius Baisley is like the forward of the future for the Thunder. Like, we don't really know that. But let's say if he was, like, theoretically, if you could have Pokushevsky and Baisley grabbing the ball and going, and then you, if you, and if, if just please, please, if they could just please just get some shooters. And if you put shooters out there too, man, it's exciting. It's exciting to me. I like the idea. See like the idea of it. A, f- a few weeks ago, if I didn't listen to the Monday pod, I would probably be totally buying into what you're selling right now. Yeah. But I heard Mikey tell you how bad Olympiacos second division. It's very bad. And I also, I thought he made a great point, which is like just comparing what actual good young Euro players were doing at that similar age. Because mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I was, when, when was Gallo coming into the league? I guess that was like 2007. Like, I didn't even think about that. Like, Gallo was really good in European basketball at that time before he came over. Mm -hmm. Like, was getting regular minutes on 
a what is it called like a first division team is that correct i don't know whatever pro league yeah like on the men's team yeah on the big on the big team yeah the, I, the, uh, with the big boys with the big boys playing with the big boys yeah i yeah i mean this is a shot in the dark it's absolutely a shot in the dark it's just like but i, I feel like it's a shot in the dark where there's not even like a target in the room i don't think that's true you're just firing a gun <laughs> it's just not in the dark which is just dangerous <laughs> frankly no that's not true I, he's got, he just has such a unique skill set. And if you're the thunder and you believe in like thunder culture and believe that you can bring somebody in and develop them, then I think that that, I mean, it would be very exciting. Like he's, he's one of the few players that at, at 18 that you could say, okay, like this guy could be a lot more than a role player. And there's just not that many of those guys out there past that. So if, like, if you're the Thunder and you're picking 18 in a draft that's just not thought to be a very good draft, I mean, why not? You know? Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with why not. He's He is very Darius Baisley in the same vein because like Darius Baisley was a shot in the dark too. The dude hadn't played competitive basketball in a full year and then the Thunder drafted him. I mean, Pokushevsky at least played competitive basketball this year. Are there any, who would be like the next shot in the dark target in that range? Um, Is there anyone else going to like that? Yeah, let me, let me pull this up from Sam Vecini. His, Is, Is there anyone who hasn't played basketball yet? <laughs> We're just looking for somebody <laughs> that has not. Let's pull up Sam Vecini's mock draft and, uh, and see. Because, I mean, Pokushevsky is definitely a guy that is a shot in the dark. Um, but if you, if you connect, I mean, Baisley, I don't think that he would have lasted to 25 in the draft if people knew that that's what he was going to be. Uh, let's see. You got to go read Sam Vecini. He's so good. Uh, let's see. So Jalen Smith, I really like him, but he's. Wow. Mac, he has Maxi all the way down to 18 now. See, Maxi's another one of those guys that I think could be, could be more. He's 19 years old. He played with played at Kentucky. Didn't really get to showcase everything he could do. Like he could be a guy. He's another one. Like Trey Jones, no. RJ Hampton at 21. I don't know. When was this? Let me see when this was. This just can't be. September 3rd. So it's been a month since he's done a mock. So I don't think I don't think that you would see RJ Hampton at 21 anymore. I don't think that happens. Like Isaiah Stewart, definitely not. Josh Green, definitely not. Theo Maladon, definitely not. Jaden McDaniels. Like Jaden McDaniels is one of those guys that could be more. He's got a just a ton of talent, um, but he's got motor issues, um, which you just never want to hear. <laughs> you never want to hear somebody who's got motor issues. But Morrow's interesting as well. I don't know that he could be a star. Um, I think that's it. Like, honestly... As far as guys that could be a star, I think that's really it. I like Tyrell Terry. I don't think that he's a star. Huh. It'll be interesting to see what the trade market is like for uh, picks in that range. Yeah. Like, where would Tans Ferguson go in this draft if he was in this draft? I know, I know we laugh at that. I know we do. Like he's what? Like what? Like this current iteration? Yeah. I don't know. 
He probably goes at the end of round one. Yeah. He and like would you rather him or Jaden McDaniels? I I might say Terrence. Give me the unknown. Give me the person <laughs> I've never seen. <laughs> I know. I get it. But uh he's got he's got Pokushevsky mocked at fourteen to Boston. Where Boston Oh, he so says many. he's the draft's mystery man. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Boston has so many picks in this draft, they might as well take him. I'd be mad if they didn't take him, honestly, if I were a Boston guy. Just got to. Just give a shot, man. Just give him a shot. Anyways, this uh this this trade that we were talking about is uh completely made up and will probably never happen because I don't think that Terrence Ferguson vaults you seven slots higher. That's cool that there's someone out there, though, who's not a Thunder fan who thinks that highly of Terrence Ferguson. Honestly, the people who think the lowest of him are Thunder fans. Are Thunder fans, yeah. Like that's, I mean, that is 100% true. That's, that's why he just he has to get to another team. If he's going to stick in the league, it's, he has to get out. He should do a trade demand. <laughs> Who who is his uh is he a clutch guy? Yeah. Yeah, they should do a trade demand. Our guy Swin Tro 4. Terrence Ferguson doesn't deserve to be drafted. Wow. Oh no. He's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be an undrafted Swin free agent. Right. James Anderson disagrees with me about Maxi. He doesn't think he has uh he's not that bursty. I I understand what you're saying, but I I do think that there's some untapped potential there. I do believe there's some untapped potential there. Um, we were going to go through some uh, what what players need to do this offseason, but I think we've run out of time. There's too much news. There's too much news out there. Alex? Hold on. Before we go, I just want to look at Rivals uh, Top 150 from last year. Okay. To see if there's just anyone that maybe was rated really highly as a high schooler. That has fallen significantly. Okay. I mean, I guess RJ Hampton is that guy. Let me bring this up. I'll share it with everybody too. That would be great. Thank you. (laughs) Be the class of 2019. Yep. Man, next year's draft is is looking so much fun. Oh, it's loaded. Yeah. RJ Hampton was number six. Vernon Carey. Who's he? Where is he at? Um, I don't believe he's in this draft. He's at, he's at Duke. I don't think Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart. I mean, he's just like he's just a monster, but he's just not a he doesn't fit the modern game. He's just a groundbound man. I think he'll play in the league. I think he'll be a role player, but he's he's a groundbound big. That's not seven feet. Like no, thank you. Cole Anthony number four. I'm just could not be less of a Cole Anthony guy. Jaden McDaniels has fallen. Five-star recruit. I don't know. Wow. He's, he's he's intriguing, but the motor stuff scares me. Oh, whatever happened to the redhead guy from Arizona? He's in the draft. No, I him. know, but has he just kept falling, or is he still projected in, like, the first? Yeah, he's, like, late first, early second. Oh, wow. Yeah. Josh Green wearing some glasses. Have you? Uh, do you know much about class of 2020, like, beyond Cade Cunningham? Um, all I know is that it's very highly regarded. I don't know a ton about the rest of the guys. I really don't, I don't go beyond this year's draft a whole lot whenever I'm studying because it's, it can just be a crapshoot as well, as you can see here. Cause if I like study, I'm like, Oh, Cole Anthony, 
like he's going to be such a great player. It's like okay, well, like we see, we've seen more. Like we have more, more of a resume for him now, and know that yeah. he's going to be like a spark plug off the bench. Best case scenario, probably. So, you just don't know. It's just too early. And Wiseman too, like it's like he was the definitive guy. You know, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, he clearly is not that now. So. <sighs> Yeah, it's I like going on rivals and going back to like old classes, yeah, and seeing where people were ranked, like way back in the day. Because I, I always remember like Avery Bradley was the number one overall recruit in his year. Yeah, that's true. It's crazy. Yeah, that is kind of fun. Two thousand eight. I just picked a random one. Do you know who the number one prospect was? Oh gosh, two thousand eight. Byron, don't call me BJ Mullins. Yep. Number one. This is funny. <laughs> BJ Mullins, Drew Holiday, DeMar DeRozan. This is a class of 08 for those that are listening on the podcast. Tariq Evans, number six. Al Farouk Aminu, Samardo Samuels, Willie Warren. Oh, I remember Willie Warren. Oh, wow. Uh, Kemba Walker was 14th on this. Samardo Samuels was ranked higher than Kemba Walker. <laughs> Wow. I can't believe BJ was number one overall recruit. He was. Sam kept his eye on him. Your your boy Alexei, is that what his name is? He could never. He, he's he's never been that highly regarded. <laughs> no, no way. Tyler, look at young Tyler Zeller. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it is fun to go back and see where these guys are ranked because it 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 means very little. There's a lot of, but on the other hand, like at least Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson, 51, 51. Yeah. Oh man. I was, I'm looking at 2010 now. Josh Selby. Remember him? Number one. Yeah. I like Josh Selby. He was great in the summer league. Romero Osby, former thunder summer league player. Uh, Now we're just remembering some guys. (laughs) Go back through my memories. (laughs) Yeah, like I mean, a lot of these guys, like, but you have these guys that sneak in, like Scotty Hobson at five and 08. It's not not a pro. Samardo Samuels, number nine, he's not a pro. Willie Warren at 10, not a pro. Devin Ebanks at 11, not a pro. Chris Singleton at 12, not a pro. So, oops, didn't mean to click, click on Chris Singleton. Okay. Uh, anything else, Alex, before we go? Uh, nope. All right. Thanks for listening to our show. You can follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. You can follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. We appreciate you guys tuning in live. You guys are the best. Make sure you leave us a five-star Apple Podcast review. That would be so, so nice. It's an easy, free way to support our show. Uh, We will talk to you guys again on Friday morning, probably early, and uh, we'll be previewing that uh, NBA Finals game and talking all kinds of nonsense. So we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys then. Would you love to be a fly on the wall in Sam Presti's office? I guess my question is, do flies understand English? I have a fruit fly problem right now in my house. (laughs) I have multiple bowls of apple cider vinegar littered around my house trying to catch them and kill them. (laughs)